This episode of the Ringer NFL Show is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. If you follow the pod, you know we love analysis and information. We don't yell at each other. We don't throw out hot takes. We don't beat the same topics into the ground. That's how CBS Sports HQ does things too. It's a sports network that streams live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they're focused on bringing you the latest news, highlights, stats, game previews, game reactions, fantasy advice, and gambling picks. No fake debates, no politics, no made-up drama. It's just sports for sports fans. The best part? You get all of this for free. I don't mean a free trial or part of some special cable package. It's legitimately free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime, anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It could not be easier. So download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. In partnership with our friends at Belvedere Vodka, join Kevin Clark, Robert Mays, and Ryan Rosillo for a live Ryan Rosillo podcast in Atlantic City for Monday Night Football at the new Moneyline Bar and Book at the Borgata on Monday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Enjoy cocktails made with Belvedere Vodka, the first super premium all-natural vodka, and watch the Browns take on the Jets and talk football with the guys. Welcome to football season and welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined as always by my co-host, my co-Danny, the hero we need, the fantasy analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight, Danny Kelly. DK, what is on your mind? Man, great, great first week of football. That's what's on my mind. It was just finally, it was fun to finally have some actual real things to to talk about and to analyze so yeah uh really really excited about that yeah it's cool after like eight months of thinking about how the season will go to actually see the season uh, it's just a <laughs> deluge of information and i love it we're also joined by craig craig how you doing amazing i started aj brown john brown marquise brown i'm just kidding i didn't do any of those but <laughs> i'm still good <laughs> beautiful well it's this is the first of Many Monday shows where we, we will be diving into everything you need to know, who to add and drop, which performances are real, which are fake, John Ross, and which players cannot take the Miami Heat because they vacation in cold weather countries. But before we get into any of that, we're going to do our what's of the week, which is exactly what it sounds like. The stat lines we looked at on Sunday and said, what? <laughs> so DK, what was your what of the week? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think you can, you have to start out with Lamar Jackson. We're going to get to uh, Antonio Brown, obviously, <laughs> since uh, that is a crazy story that happened over the weekend. But uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson passing out of his mind in, in Miami, 324 yards, five touchdowns, 16.2 yards per attempt. Uh, I want to say he had a perfect passer rating. And after the game, yeah, he said not bad just, for a running back. Incredible, incredible <laughs> performance, and God, Dude. it was just like everything you could have hoped for. If you if you took him in the late rounds, you took him because he has this incredible floor as a rusher, and if he could somehow figure it out and and put together the ability to throw the football, he has league like he could break fantasy football type potential. And then we saw him just light up the Dolphins' defense, and obviously, you know the D- the Dolphins are tanking, but that's a good secondary. And he was thrown into tight windows. So, I mean, like overall, if you have Lamar Jackson, congratulations, because that was an amazing performance. And I think it makes his ceiling just go up 
you know, tenfold basically. If he can, if he even, you know, if he if he starts running too, I think this year, and that's kind of a key too. But um, yeah, his passing performance was huge. I remember watching Sports Center afterward and just seeing all the plays back to back to back and thinking, this looks exactly like his highlights at Louisville. Just mm. bomb after bomb after bomb. I mean, obviously he only had a few rushes, but it was just the deep balls were perfect. It was it was after. Everyone just looking about his deep ball. It was like, oh my god, those are—they're like majestic. <laughs> a lot of people. So people were talking about the flick of the wrist style that he throws with is so reminiscent of, of of Michael Vick. Obviously, he's right-handed, but um, yeah, I mean, like just right on the money. And I think there was a lot of concern kind of going into the season. Like, can he be consistent? Can he be accurate as a thrower? Can he, you know, do everything he needs to do to read the defense and all that? I mean, I, everything you saw in this game was just outstanding. I love. Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator. I just love everything they did about it. Uh, obviously, it's not gonna, you're not, they're not going to continue to just completely annihilate teams like that and, and pass it all over the yard and everything. But overall, it's just great. Crucially, another huge win for John Harbaugh over his brother Jim because Michigan like almost lost to like Army. And then John Harbaugh's like basically <laughs> compared himself to Bill Walsh in the eighties and then came out and did it. And so good for, good for John Harbaugh. <laughs> okay, what are the odds though that like next week the Ravens score seventeen and everyone's like, well. 98% <laughs> and we'll be like oh maybe Clemson could beat the Dolphins we'll deal with that next week for the record the Ravens play the Cardinals next week guys are you still believing that alright all right, maybe it's maybe that, maybe week three what a slate for Lamar Jackson what a slate for Lamar Jackson they get the so let me just read you guys their car, their, rec, uh, their uh, schedule here they got the Cardinals next week at home they're at the Chiefs, who we know about the Chiefs' defense. <laughs> wow. uh, they get the, the Browns at home, who just got 45 dropped on them by the freaking Titans. Not great. Wow. The Steelers, who just lost 33-3 to the Patriots. Also not. And got all their players hurt in garbage time. The Bengals, who we'll get to. And then the Seahawks, who's, who gave up a career-high 418 passing yards to Andy Dalton at home. So, uh, yeah, do you want to revise that at all, or do you still feel pretty confident that it was just a one-hit wonder? There was like a 70-1 to one bet that the Ravens would be the last team undefeated, so wow. I feel like a loser. <laughs> uh, Speaking of undefeated teams, the <laughs> Patriots of- are going 16-0. and 0. Oh, my God, <laughs> the Antonio Jesus. Brown thing. I, 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 Is there anything more demoralizing than what just happened I, this weekend? I was at the Rose Bowl watching San Diego State <laughs> beat UCLA this weekend when... <laughs> I got a notification that Antonio Brown signed with the Patriots. And by the way, it was like 98 degrees at the Rose Bowl. And me and my friends, we all thought we had heat stroke. And we were, it, was like a, it was like a mirage and it wasn't true. But I went home, turned on the AC and it was still true. Dude, my thought on this was like, you know, the Joker. And like, you're like, you look back at the Dark Knight. And you're like, how did he plan all of this? And then I, I just want to rewatch the movie. I just, <laughs> it's I like Inception. To, you yeah. got to see it like eight times. Like, exactly. We were all dreaming. <laughs> I'm just like, I, let me just look at this all again. Uh, that's 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 my Antonio Brown summary. Biggest um, loser but, of the weekend, Philip Dorsett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he'll he'll be fine. I don't know. I'm not worried about Philip. He had the best game of his career. Yeah, so he's not a loser. He, don't worry about Philip Dorsett. That was the most crisp passing offense we've seen from the Patriots in a long time. When you say like they were just, I mean, they did everything almost perfectly. Um, you know, after they settled in, there was a few early throws by Brady that were a little shaky, but then from there, they were yes. just extremely crisp. Dude. And then add Antonio Brown into that, that is just going to be unfair. And then obviously Gronk's going to come back in a couple of weeks Jeez. and all of our worst nightmares will come true. <laughs> Brady had two or three ducks 
that he threw over to over the middle in the first half that I was like, <laughs> yeah, is he done? And then he just the wanted half, to give you hope. He launched two balls that went 50 yards in the air. I was like, I didn't think he could still do that. You know, what's terrifying is they don't even use Josh Gordon. <laughs> like they're like, um, do we want Josh to score now? All right. What has it been? 30 minutes after the game? He said it. Josh Gordon said in his press conference, you know, it's the first game. We'll get better. And I was like, oh shit, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's not let's not dwell on the Death Star. Yeah, let's dive into the less fun news of the week. This is Next Man Up, where we're going to discuss injury news every week, and then also the fill-ins that are potential ads. Yeah, yeah, the potential ads for waivers. So let's just dive in. So the first one, this is one of the first injuries of the day. Also, one of the higher drafted players, Tyree Kill on the Chiefs injured his shoulder. Uh, clavicle thing? I don't know what it is. That's the technical term. Yeah, clavicle thing. Um, (laughs) Yes. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said, one of those not that helpful uh, reports, he said it could be a few games or he could be put on injured reserve, which, all right. (laughs) Um, But Meikle Hardman, who the Chiefs drafted in the third round last year, played 78% of snaps. And then Sammy Watkins had a a casual 198 yards and three touchdowns. So, DK, um, Miko Hardman's owned on 15% of league. So of all the receivers this week, is he probably the best one to grab? Yeah, I mean, I, I assume so. I think it, it just, I, first of all, I think it boosts Watkins into the stratosphere, like the, the wide receiver one, you know, tier. I mean, he looked really, really good. He, for the first time that I can remember, looks like he's worth his cap hits with the Chiefs. Did you know his cap hits this year? 19.2 million and in 2020, 21 million. Yeah, quietly, the Chiefs now, him and Hill are actually two of the highest 10 paid receivers in football by annual average value. Somehow Watkins is only still 26 years old. Um, anyway, he, he's the number, he's the clear number one in there in, until Hill gets back. So that's a major, major boost to Watkins. I think Hardman is a good, um, he's a good stash, at least. I mean, he played 78% of the snaps yesterday. He only got one target. He didn't have a catch. Um, if you're really expecting regular production from him, that might be asking a little too much. I think he's kind of one of those big play guys who could get maybe like two or three targets a game and, and maybe a touchdown kind of thing. If you're looking for a flex, at least in the short term, that's probably how I'd classify him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth noting. I mean, I mean, they the Chiefs pretty nakedly drafted Hardman for his speed. He's ran a four three three in the forty yard dash, which is the ninety ninth percentile among wide receivers. And they pretty nakedly drafted him when they thought that Tyreek Hill would be suspended as a result of a child abuse investigation. So, they, yeah, he was supposed to be sort of that speed element that you know, if he if Hill was out, that's like what they could sort of replicate it or yeah, whatever. But he slots in well to replace him. But looking, and then the other one of the other bigger injuries of the day, Tevin Coleman on the 49ers, uh, he hurt his ankle. He's undergoing tests. This is we're recording this Monday. Uh, afternoon, but uh, it sounds like he will definitely miss time. How much we don't mm-hmm. know. He had six carries for twenty three yards before the injury. Matt Breida, did we did we figure this one out? Breida, Breida, DK. Which one is it? Breida, Breida. Okay, I knew rhymes that. with cheetah is what I was. I told. totally knew that. Uh, so Breida <laughs> had fifteen carries for thirty seven yards. Um, Breida, I just love. He's one of the tougher guys in the whole league. Like he played through some. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, Raheem Mostert is the handcuffed now he's probably worth picking up but to be honest i don't see matt Breida missing time. i think Breida will do very well in this role and then jeff wilson jr goes from uh really just uh, i think the practice squad probably be third string and special teams for now but Breida, i mean worth trading for but probably too late to be honest and then yeah Raheem Mostert might be worth a handcuff if you have Breida. he's worth a stash at the very least just because they the 49ers have tended to use multiple backs 
I like Mostert too, actually. He's kind of one of those guys I've like sort of followed throughout his career. But he's always <laughs> just looked good when he's gotten limited chances. So we all have guys um, like that. We sort of follow. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, next up, Darius Geis of the, of the Redskins. Sounds like he hurt his knee. It wasn't super clear, and we didn't hear about it, I think, until this morning, Monday morning. Um, injuries to his right knee, not the left, which he t- which was the torn ACL last year. So that's, I guess, a positive, but it sounds like he's going to miss time. And after thinking, uh, last night I went into, or I came out of the games thinking Adrian Peterson was going to immediately demand a trade or release because he got... For the first time in his career, he was a healthy scratch. Um, now it's looking like he's going to be the starter again. So, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting situation there because, it, like, John or uh, Jay Gruden said some kind of like rude. <laughs> he's kind of rude to things about Adrian Peterson about like alluding to Peterson not being able to do special teams or play in the passing game. They were like, if we're going to line up and run fifty five plays in I formation, then then yeah, maybe I'll have him dress or whatever, something like that. Um, pretty brutal comments and then now he's going to be his starter so see how that goes but if you have if you have peterson and you might because craig recommended it hmm. in the offseason um you're in luck you're, you're looking at some potential big carries here so yeah peterson from healthy scratch to probably being the starter in week two is kind of hilarious uh <laughs> yeah. but definitely worth the ad at least for it's a stopgap until they figure something out but uh another player got injured devin funches on the colts he's their number two receiver ty hilton had a big week um funches uh, left broken collarbone. The guys behind him on the depth chart are Deion Kane, who is zero percent owned on Yahoo, and Paris Campbell, which is like six percent. Mm. I don't think either of those dudes warrant a pickup at this moment. Um, if Funches's role in that offense can be replaced, it might just be distributed all around. But I don't think either of those dudes are worth um, adding. Uh, certainly not at this point in time. Craig, I'm gonna. Are you? Are, how do you say Funches? I, I'd say Funches. It's like honey bunches of oats. Oh, like funches. oh, Devin Funches Devin of funches. oats. Oh, this is the one I always get wrong. <laughs> yeah, honey and everyone funches. on Twitter gets really mad at me. That's like a common fantasy name. <laughs> Devin Funches. Of, I just thought that that was just like because of the spelling, funches. but that wasn't the right yeah. pronunciation. No, well, that's the whole point of a pun: pronunciation, not spelling. Um, I will say I. I just assumed that was right, and they were all wrong. <laughs> Deion Kane to me is a little bit interesting. Um, I agree what? with you. He's probably not a pickup right away, um, but he was really impressive in the preseason last year. Tore his ACL, came back um, this preseason. He made a bunch of plays in the preseason, including one catch and run touchdown from Brissett in the preseason. So um, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be a big time fantasy. It's such producer, a strong he's someone. Deion Kane, a little bit interesting. He's it's, someone to monitor. Remember that name for sure. Uh, Chris Campbell it might be in front of him in terms of like actual opportunities, but it's if, like that guy uh, that DK mentioned, that really deep guy on the Jets. What was that guy's name? Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch. <laughs> he made the, the team. And I was Greg like, Dorch. keep an hey, eye on he Greg made, Dorch, folks. He made the team out of cuts. Like he survived cut down weekend, and then literally one day later, he got cut. shout out to my friend. <laughs> Charlie, who knew Greg Dorch's high school career. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> Get Charlie, um, let's call him in. Someone who is, <laughs> someone who is, thank God, healthy. Juju Smith-Schuster, he was one of the, like, the four different Steelers to leave in the fourth quarter. Uh, with yeah, he was in there in, like, hob- four, like, there was, like, two minutes left. Yeah, he hobbled he off. He went for x-rays. They were negative. It seems like he's okay. I really just want to mention that uh, Dante Moncrief couldn't catch anything, and my guy, James Washington who should have won the starting gig over him, <laughs> caught a 45-yard pass, and then ran out of bounds, even though there was no one between him in the end zone, and he just like veered out of bounds. I don't I, know if he didn't know where he was or what was going on. 
I think it was his momentum carried it out of bounds. I Momentum's almost not about real that. in football, DK. You're an analyst. <laughs> you're, not, you're supposed to know that. All right. The next uh, one, man. Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon tweaked his ankle. And uh, Giovanni Bernard also just got, I think, more touches than we anticipated. 14% owned on Yahoo. Bernard is. Mixon has a low-grade ankle sprain. Bengals are calling it day-to-day. Um, he's probably going to miss some practice time. He could definitely miss the, miss the game this week. If he misses the game, Bernard's probably definitely worth flex spot, if Absolutely. not better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you have Mixon, definitely try to get Bernard because you want him if Mixon ends, uh, misses any extended time. They just extended Bernard too. I think he got a new deal last week. That was interesting because that that's a weird thing to extend your backup running back like the week before the season. I don't think you see that too often. Yeah. It tells you how much they like him, I guess. But again, it's, you know, in, in fantasy football, volume is king. And I don't know if he has the volume to be standalone value in, in redraft. But with mixing out, for sure. He, he's a handcuff, at least. I think he will have more of the passing. De- like, here's... So, uh, Zach Taylor running the Bengals offense came from the Rams. And I think the same way the Rams are committeeing this year with the uh, with Gurley... I think everyone's like, oh, Mixon might be girly. Well, yeah, he might be girly 2019 where Giovanni Bernard is, has a bigger role. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like Gio Bernard this week. And then last, Nick Foles. This is sad. He broke his collarbone on a play where he threw the best pass that the Jaguars have had in five <laughs> years. Uh, and then Gardner Minshew came in, who amazingly becomes the first quarterback from this draft class to throw a pass in the league. And then he, I mean, he looked really good. Mate, yeah, sure. Two quarterback league, you can add him. But it really, it's more about how this is too bad for like the other players. Craig and I have a lot of Leonard Fournette stock. This is tough for us. This is really tough. He looked good. Everything worked out. He had six targets. It was great. We're all excited. And now everyone's going to stack the box on him. But at least if he's a massive bust, we can just say it's because of Gardner Minshew. (laughs) (laughs) You guys might be... uh, I feel like there's some excitement within the ringer ranks uh, with this Gardner Minshew guy. Can I tell you a real thought I had that ruined my day Sunday? At (laughs) some point, I realized that Gardner Minshew would have a better NFL career than Daniel Jones. Mm. <laughs> that ruined my day from sixth pick overall to sixth rounder that's, yeah that's real tough all right we're gonna get into some some categories on some other ads for this week but before then we're gonna take a quick break good news nfl fans DirecTV has expanded the service if you're a student actively enrolled in a college or university you can now get nfl sunday ticket without a satellite plus there's an exclusive student discount To see if you are eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Want your mom, dad, or friend to gift you NFLSundayTicket.tv for the 2019 season? Go to www.SundayReady.com where you can find videos to send to your family and friends to help sweeten your request. And while we're here, let's talk about Pepsi. Pepsi takes all NFL celebrations to the next level. Whether it's a Hail Mary touchdown, a defensive stop on the goal line, or a Super Bowl win, when it's time to celebrate, it's time to crack open a Pepsi. As a Giants fan growing up in New York, I regularly grab Pepsi to celebrate every Giants win. When my man Michael Strahan broke the sack record, took down his Pepsi. When the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, Pepsi was there. Which year, you ask? Both of them. I was drinking a Pepsi when Plaxico Burris caught the game-winning touchdown when the Giants beat the 18-1 Patriots. And I was also drinking a Pepsi when Ahmad Bradshaw fell butt-first into the end zone to accidentally score the game-deciding touchdown in Super Bowl 46. One of the best touchdown celebrations of all time was Giants receiver Victor Cruz doing the salsa. And I would imitate him. And then I would go get a Pepsi and eat some chips and salsa. 
Pepsi was my celebration drink when we drafted Eli Manning, Jeremy Shockey, and Odell Beckham. And Pepsi was there when the Giants inexplicably traded Odell Beckham Jr. to help me through my suffering. And for this year's draft, I was filled with excitement. And of course, Pepsi for the Giants to take our quarterback of the future. And they ended up taking Daniel Jones instead. But at least I had Pepsi. Pepsi, the official sponsor of the NFL, reminds you to always be celebrating. All right, DK, Craig, we're going to go through our categories. Every week this season, we're going to be going and bucketing all of the free agent ads into different categories so people have a better idea of how we're thinking of them and how we perceive them. So first up, this is my favorite. The guy you're not supposed to worry about. This is it's a very 2019 name of a very category. 2019, yeah, yeah. really very 2018, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, these are guys coming for someone's job. This isn't necessarily handcuffs or health related. This is just someone is like someone's coming for a job. So first up, I mean, I think this is uh, the one we're all thinking about. Right. The Rams got Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson. What is going on, Craig? So, <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Oof. Brown did well. He he played a lot. Um, <laughs> he scored two touchdowns. Todd Gurley had zero. Todd Gurley played 70% of the snaps, and Malcolm Brown only played 26%, but he got 11 of the team's 26 carries, and Todd Gurley got 14 of the team's 26 carries. So, not great. However... I actually think people need to slow down on this, and I think everybody's freaking out too much about Todd Gurley. One, yeah, we're freaking out about Todd Gurley. One, he looked <laughs> he looked good. He had like seven yards in the first half, and then he had 90 in the second half, 64 in the fourth quarter. They relied on him when it mattered. Malcolm Brown got that red zone carry, the first one that scored the touchdown, because Sean McVay said, he was like, it was just because of the play count that we're giving Todd Gurley. It wasn't like we don't so want... he doesn't want Todd Gurley to play that much. No, but it wasn't like, oh, he's like red zone carries or something we want to not give to Todd Gurley. It just, I, I, it's not great, but it's not <laughs> as bad. I think Todd, Sean McVay speaks with his actions and his actions were Malcolm Brown will have more red zone carries than Todd Gurley. Daryl Henderson no. is not going to be Alvin... Plot twist. Daryl Henderson, not Alvin Kamara, not as Alvin they said. Kamara. All I'm saying is, is if that one carry yes, went to... DK. If that one carry went to Todd Gurley, one of the two Malcolm Brown carries and Todd Gurley scored a touchdown, no one would be talking about any of this and everybody would be saying he's a value. I will give you that. Number one, it was exactly what we've been told and had been thinking would happen this whole freaking time. It was a microcosm for, I think, what the whole season and their plan is to be for the whole season. They didn't use him that much in the first half. I think he had five carries or something in the first half. And then they leaned on him down the stretch. It's exactly what they want to do, I think, this season. Because last year, he wore down too quickly and basically was useless by the end of the season. Um, so, tough, yeah. like Tough I, but fair. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm kind of with Craig. Like, right now, I'm not, like, freaking out. I do think it could change pretty quickly if Gurley does suffer an injury or something. But, like, this is the plan. This is what they no. told us their plan was going to be. And then their plan was enacted, and now everyone's freaking out. You make a really, um, you make a really good point, because what we had basically deduced before the season was Todd Gurley's a starter. Malcolm Brown is the person who will spell Todd Gurley. Daryl Henderson will have a separate role that is not directly coming in for Gurley. And the size of that role, we will see. That is basically what happened. The only change to the what we thought would happen was Henderson's role was smaller than we initially anticipated. But otherwise, it actually was according to plan. And the question, DK, for you is, do you think Daryl Henderson's role going forward will be bigger or he'll just slot in as like belling Malcolm Brown every now and then? Like, how do you think this looks uh, beyond week one? Or we have I no mean, idea. I, I, I feel like I have some some very biased hopes <laughs> because I have some Daryl Henderson shares that he's going to turn into like a bigger factor. And I thought... 
you know, um, basically everything that we've heard. And I've, I've talked to a couple of people who, you know, kind of know what's going on in LA and they were both, a lot of people were saying this Malcolm Brown thing is real. And like, he's ahead of Daryl Henderson. There's a reason that they, um, you know, brought him back and matched the, the number that I forgot which team. Yeah, tried no, to the sign line, him. exactly. So Sean McVay's actions instead of the words, the Lions signed Malcolm Brown to, uh, uh, they matched the his qualifying thing. offer and the Rams <laughs> right, were like right. no we're bringing Malcolm Brown back even right. though he missed the end of last season's shoulder injury and then drafted Henderson so that kind of told you everything you needed to know about their plans for Gurley so uh, bottom line I think and I was talking to Craig about this before the show like it might have just been sort of one of those things where the matchup dictated the usage he only got one catch for that's four the worst part to me is that he didn't get any yeah. catches and like Gurley, a huge part of Gurley's like production and his value in fantasy is because he's an amazing receiver. They use him on vertical routes a lot. They use him on screens a ton. They had like the best run. They did the best screen game in the NFL, except for maybe the Chiefs last year. Um, so that was a little bit concerning, but it might have just been because they were playing the the uh, Panthers, who have very fast linebacker core with Keekley and Shaq Thompson and. Um, so I think it was just maybe partly that, like, we'll see. I think it's right now, like, I wouldn't say completely freak out because like the bottom line is Gurley had almost a hundred yards rushing. Like Craig said, if he hadn't been vultured for that red zone touch early in the, in the game, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. So, um, yeah, I think it's just wait and see. I I do say like, I'm still a little worried Gurley will get hurt just because his knee maybe is more. You know, with arthritis situation happening, like maybe that makes him more susceptible to getting hurt. Who knows? But um, if if this sort of like breakdown continues all year, where they want to lean on him late, I, I still think he has a lot of value. DK is Malcolm Brown like is Malcolm Brown your biggest ad of the week? Whether it's waivers, number one claim, or free agent auction budget, like like he's number one for you over Adrian Peterson, over Nico Hardman, over everyone we just discussed earlier. He's definitely really high up there. Um, I personally really like Marquise Brown. I, I think you guys are. We'll, we'll talk about this. We'll get there. But yeah, I think Mar- Malcolm Brown is a big one just because he's CJ Anderson this year, right? He's going to be the guy that splits carries in a very, very good offense, very good run offense. And I mean, there's just inherent value there. So he's only owned in 12% of Yahoo leagues right now. So definitely go scoop him up. And if you're a girly owner and you're freaking out, uh, Jared Goff told the LA Times, quote, I started him in fantasy this week with him being Todd Gurley. So, you know what? Mm. Don't worry. Mm. It'll be good. Didn't Todd Gurley um, have arthritis last year on his knee? I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> well, so and we we're never gonna, really we're actually gonna, got confirmation about it, but who, yes. I, I don't know. It's Who knows at this point? All right, next guy you're not supposed to worry about, DK. Who's your guy you're not supposed to worry about? Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, we haven't really... We came into the season not really knowing what the rotation was going to be there. And Jones, who was a second rounder last year and had maybe the most horrific rookie season of any running back I can imagine. Yeah, uh, Looked pretty good. He had 13 carries, 75 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt. Yards per carry, I should say. Um, he's only owned in 28% of Yahoo leagues, whereas Barber is in 58% of Yahoo leagues. Barber only got eight carries for 33 yards. Um, and so the breakdown, and I'm I'm going to butcher this, but Dare Ogunbowale, pretty good. Is that close in the in the ballpark? Um, he yeah. got four catches for 33 yards. So the snap breakdown is still in Barber's favor. Jones got 31%, Barber got 35%. Ogunbowale, God, I'm probably terribly butchering that. Sorry, um, 38%. So um, you gave it your best. <laughs> I, did I? I don't know. I'm trying. 
Um, but yeah, so Jones to me suddenly becomes a lot more interesting. Um, overall, I would, I'm mostly staying away from the Tampa Bay <laughs> backfield, but, um, I think Jones is sort of worth like a speculative ad to just kind of see if they, they start turning to him more. He's, he has like, I liked him coming out of USC. Um, that was really tested last year because he was pretty awful in, in all respects, but, um, he was pretty good. He was like explosive. He was breaking tackles, kind of dynamic and, um, for the first time in a while, uh, he actually started showing some of the things he showed at USC. So that that made it interesting. I like him way more than I did last year, but there's a cap on him as long as he's not catching passes, especially in third down right. for a team that will throw a lot, unfortunately. Um, my my guy you're not supposed to worry about, Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder, baby. Robbie Anderson was going like 50, 60 spots higher in drafts. Yeah. Uh, no longer that would be the case. Jamison Crowder, 14 catches for 99 yards. 24 points in PPR, 17 and a half PPR. Crowder's 14 catches is a career high. The 14 catches is tied for the second most catches in a game in Jets history. And Robbie Anderson had three catches for 23 yards. Uh, Crowder you know, had 17 targets. Most dude, of anyone this uh, this week. A lot of targets, man. Um, the early season reports were that Darnold had the chemistry and the, the best chemistry by far with Jamison Crowder. Turns out <laughs> those were all real. And as... Uh, a wise chemistry professor once said, the chemistry must be respected. You know, uh, the movie uh, Independence Day, when the guys, like when the aliens come, he's like, I've been saying it for 10 damn years. <laughs> All right. That's how quick, I feel about Crowder. <laughs> I have a quick rant on this. Everyone's making fun of him in that moment for being abducted by aliens. They're at a meeting to fight aliens. <laughs> and everyone's like, what an idiot. He believes in aliens. The, whole, the government's like, hey, guys, we need volunteers to fight the aliens. Why are they making fun of the guy? The I, had no, I, I had no idea you were going to have an Independence Day dude, take. that is my angriest moment in any movie ever. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. This is actually, I lied before. This is my favorite category. Deceiving yards. These are guys it's a who pun, have, It's a pun on receiving yards, guys. Yeah, I believe we have a smart audience. I, I believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay. But these are guys who are fool's gold. You know, there's always guys on the waivers, you know, you can sort by last week's points that have, a, you know, big point totals. And then you never know if that means they're going to be like a top 20 guy the rest of the season or if they're just like a one hit wonder. So these are guys who had big days who we aren't buying. So well, that's that's well, not necessarily one of true. Us isn't we can't we can't agree on everything. We put these guys in this category, but I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. So we're, this Danny. is gonna be the most contentious one, but it's <laughs> worth grouping like four of them together. Um, Craig, this is a passion of yours. Do you want to you want to? I just feel like this is the this is the who week where yeah. you know your your casual <laughs> friend is sitting next to you on the couch. And he's like, who just scored? And you're like, TJ Hawkinson. And he's like, who's that? And you're like, oh, you, it, you know, he's just a guy. And they're like, oh, AJ, AJ Brown scored. Oh, wait, Terry McLaurin scored. Marquise Brown scored. Nobody, this week was like 10 guys no one's ever heard of putting up 150 yards so, and two touchdowns. Justin Woodruff of Roto Underworld on uh, Twitter had an unbelievable stat. He said since 1970, which is you know almost 40 years, there were 12 rookies that had 100 yards in week one, receiving yards in week one. So 12 in almost 40 years, and on Sunday there were four with Marquise <laughs> Brown, Terry McLaurin, TJ Hawkinson, and AJ Brown. That is mm-hmm. crazy. Capital C. The pendulum is swinging because for a while, like rookie receivers couldn't do anything in the NFL. You know, like it was, there was some grim times for rookie receivers so, in the last few years. And so it was exciting. I liked it. I mean, I think we should just talk about all of them just 
just run through him. So Marquise Brown, obviously the biggest day. This was nuts. He caught his first two passes for two touchdowns for like 130 yards, which is mm-hmm. nuts. Final line was five targets, four catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns on 12 snaps. Eight routes. Eight routes. <laughs> <laughs> that has so to like, be a record, right? What do you, I, I mean, I think it's a record by so much. It's like it basically is probably going to end up unbreakable. Yeah. Because two catch, your first two touchdowns being for two catch, uh, first two catches being for two touchdowns is crazy. Yeah. But being two like 60 plus yard touchdowns is crazier. And then it, it, it's all nuts. Here, here's what I'm going to say to counter this. He's not going to be this. He's not going to be this efficient, obviously, all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. But this is exactly, DK. literally exactly why they drafted him. And it's exactly what I thought he would do in this offense. And I've been talking about it kind of all offseason. They, they have an offense with the quarterback as the runner that forces teams to either play one high looks like with eight man um, boxes or you know drop a safety down to take on that extra gap that the the quarterback as a runner creates. Um, so they dictate to the defense that you have to basically frequently. It's not always obviously, but frequently they're going to have to run these eight man boxes, which opens up tons of green in the back end. And Brown is perfectly his skill set is perfect for that. And we saw on Sunday he took a slant and took it all the way to the house. He took a he ran a route out of the slot where the safety picked him up like at the mid-level and just couldn't run with him, and that was the second touchdown. I mean, he his skill set is perfectly suited for this offense as long as a quarterback is willing to toss it to him deep and has the accuracy to do so. Lamar Jackson did on Sunday. That you know, We'll see if that pans out all, all season, but to me, this is not surprising whatsoever that Brown did this. So I'm, I'm super high on him. He's not going to have the kind of production we saw in week one all the time. That's obvious. But to me, this was not a fluke. I think this is exactly why they wanted him so bad. He was the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion. And I'm super excited about it. I think you should pick him up. DK. His upside is so much better than the last guy on your bench. I guarantee you. 130 plus yards and two touchdowns in your first two career catches is the definition of a fluke. Especially when it came against a team that's trying to tank. And we're not or look whether they're trying to think they suck. Their roster's terrible, and their secondary isn't. Not look. You f- just beat. Good thing, how many times? How many times did you watch the the plays of it? Because you know who's watched it twenty times more? The defensive coordinator for every team that the Ravens will be facing this year. It's that is something that is now on tape, and the Ravens can build around. But to think that the, here's the thing: I believe in the Ravens' offense. I don't believe that Marquise Brown will be the one scoring every week. I'm down with Mark Andrews at tight end. I'm certainly down with Mark Ingram. I'm down with Lamar getting, but I am not down that Marquise Brown look, will be the fun. I don't think if that I, if, if any fantasy analyst tells you this guy's going to be scoring every week, he's full of shit. I think he's Marquise Brown is going to be the number one in that offense by the end of the season. Pick him up now and you'll thank me later. Ooh. Wow, I just got smoked. I didn't know this was the hottest take segment. I that just was got later. smoked. That's right. my hottest take segment. We're just going right, to so take while that we're, while like, we're, we're here, gonna, like, use that there. While we're here, let's just... Terry McLaurin on Washington. Uh, I, I think that, that that one is also a fluke. He had a huge day, but I, I would not want to, any investment in Washington's passing offense with Terry McLaurin going forward. I would rather pick up Hawkinson, for sure. So here's the thing. Was Hawkinson not just going against the Cardinals and we love... Um, we love Marvin Jones and we love Kenny Gallaudet this week. And it turned out it was just Danny Amendola and Hawkinson who got the who got the play. But I, I, is that replicable? Because the Cardinals' defense is tough, missing their top two corners. Obviously, it was the best uh, 
first game for a tight end, a rookie tight end ever <laughs> since the uh, since the merger. I think he had 131 yards and a touchdown. So by a lot, obviously not. You know that to me is more the definition of a fluke than what Brown did. Um, but that said, I think he's he's the real deal. I mean, he's like a very athletic, um, movable chess piece in that offense. They want him to be their Gronk. It's not saying he's going to be their Gronk, but he he's a good player. He's huge. He's got good hands. He's athletic, and you know, I think that he's going to be a big part of that offense. I don't think he's going to be necessarily, you know, like a, a super Kittle type guy in his first season that might come down the line in a season or two. But he's he's worth a speculative ad, I think, just based on, you know, like there's not a lot of targets in that offense. And so um, after Galladay and Jones, I'd say he might be the third guy. I don't think Amendola is going to continue to to have his production. I mean, one of his was he was just wide open downfield by himself. So. All right, so this one, this next one's not a rookie receiver, but I do think he's fool's gold. This is John Ross, the ninth pick in 2017, one of the fastest players to ever play in the NFL, one of the fastest people on earth. Finally had a huge day. DK, I have a very simple question for you. I watched these highlights. It was like a Rorschach test. I saw a safety commit malpractice and just turn what should have been an easy <laughs> touchdown whiff and let the ball go into John Ross's hands for the second touchdown. And basically that turned a good day for him into an excellent day which 12 targets, seven catches, 158, two touchdowns. Most of the mm-hmm. 158 yards came on the two touchdowns, like overwhelmingly amount of them. Uh, I was just like, all right, you can't bank on the Seahawks safety incompetently missing a deep, like a pass. No, obviously so not. So like yeah, no. you're the Seahawks fan. You were obsessively watching this game. Is John Ross for real or not? I buy him because third year receiver, I like better than rookies, but otherwise I still don't know. Um, you know, so like, obviously I think you're right. That, that play in particular was fluky. I mean, the, uh, Tedrick Thompson, the Seahawks safety just mistimed it and, and jumped and whiffed on the ball and <laughs> that like allowed John Ross to just camp out under it and catch it. Um, so that play in particular is not necessarily repeatable, but the way that they used him is often in that offense, they had him, you know, running these deep crossing routes. They had him doing little, like, quick outs to take care of the, to take advantage of the cushion that guys had on him. Um, he was dangerous over the middle field. They, uh, to me, like there's enough there. And he actually left a lot of pain on the bone. This isn't necessarily like, and like, it's not necessarily a good thing, but he did have a couple drops where he could have picked up huge yards. Like he left meat on the bone in that game. So obviously that one catch was lucky. Um, but there were other plays where, you know, either, either Dalton missed him or he had one drop that he was going to like take for another touchdown. I think he was like wide open on the sideline. Um, so overall, the way that they're using him, I think is definitely sort of advantageous and it's worth at least a speculative ad. Like he's to me is he has the potential to be sort of like Tyler Boyd this year, third, a third year breakout that you just weren't expecting. You'd already given up on. Um, I think he's playing in an offense that's new. So that adds some uncertainty um, and some potential. Um, and I mean, so far so good that like Dalton had a career high passing yards yesterday. So I think that's a pretty damn good start for Zach Taylor. Obviously the Seahawks pass defense is nothing to write home about, but I mean, sus overall good start. Um, AJ green is out for a while. So that gives him more of a chance to kind of ingrain himself in this offense. And then I think overall, he just looked more confident. Uh, that might've been partly due to the fact that he was playing in Seattle um, where he played college ball and was like, you know, looking to prove himself and all that. Um, but he he admitted after the game he'd lost his confidence in the first couple seasons. And, you know, I think that's huge. I mean, we saw exactly the same thing happen with Nelson Aguilar. Um, 
over, over his first two seasons, I think he completely lost his confidence. And then in his third season, he finally broke out, got his confidence and, and started playing like a first round player. So overall, you know, I'm not going to like bet my house on John Ross, but I think he's at least worth an ad to have on the back of your bench because I think he could have a huge role in that offense. And if that offense is even a like even a, like near as good as they were in week one in terms of their passing offense and what they were able to do against the Seahawks. Then there's some, there's some untapped, I guess, like fantasy value there. I would rather have John Ross than all of the rookie receivers who did well, including Marquise Brown. I think I would have, I would rather take, I think I would take Brown Marquise Brown over John Ross. But I think that, I think that's probably the order. I'd probably go Brown Ross and then Hawkinson, Metcalf, McLaurin. I think that's what I would do. We didn't talk about DK Metcalf. He also had a great game. Let's, uh, we, we have enough DK on the show. Uh, uh. Let's move on. But before we move on, let's take a quick break. Here's an insider travel secret from Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Hotel Tonight teams up with awesome hotels to help them sell these rooms and then passes those savings along to you. It's your one-stop shop for booking cool, top-rated hotels at incredible values. Their name is Hotel Tonight, but you can actually book in advance. It's perfect for planners and procrastinators alike. This summer, you can score an extra amazing deal with Hotel Tonight's Daily Drop feature. In most cities, you can use Daily Drop to unlock a special deal at a hotel selected just for you. Once your deal is unlocked, move quickly. You'll only have 15 minutes to book. If you want to swipe again, you can unlock a new deal every day. It's a great way to take an even more spontaneous trip because you never know what you're going to get. From staycations to weekend getaways, great hotel deals are just one swipe away. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app to unlock your daily drop. All right, DK, now we're going to go through uh, what's on streaming. You know, for all you cord cutters out there, we're going to go through our streaming recommendations for the week. Um, you know, quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses. You know, it's mm-hmm. always tough. You know, you, you, you never know what to stream. So, DK, there's so much on TV these days. What are you streaming <laughs> this week? You're really owning this bit, man. I, um, I just, I, was that too? I, I think I had it and then I went over to it. But right there. <laughs> that last bit was just too far. Um, I, w- I would have said Hawkinson. He's only owned in 52% of Yahoo leagues, uh, but I'm going to avoid the double up there. Jimmy Graham actually looked pretty interesting to me in the Packers offense this week against the Bears. Obviously, their offense was stifled for much of the game because the Bears defense is amazing. Um, and they get a tough matchup again against Minnesota again this week, but he was more, um, I guess, more targeted, more used in that offense than I was sort of expecting. I think people kind of had forgotten about Graham. He had six targets, three, t- uh, three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers trusted him in the end zone, threw it up to him. I think that's something that they can continue to do um, in that offense. Sternberger is on IR, and I don't think he has really any other threats for playing time. And so, to me, Graham is a guy who, right now, he's 40%, 48% owned in leagues. He's, he's a good streaming option if you don't have anything else, just because I think he's a big part of that offense, that passing game in general. Yeah, I the whole thing when Jimmy Graham came to Green Bay was like his catch radius with the jump balls in the end zone, and it just it t- that looked amazing in Week One. His grab, it just looked like oh that could be a connection, and maybe it just took him a year. So I like I like Graham a lot. Yeah, the other thing is like we saw that in Seattle too. Like it took him a while to get sort of ingrained and, and, and interwoven into the passing game, and then he had touchdown. He had ten touchdowns. I think it was in his second season with the team or third. I forget because he he sat out a, a year with an injury, but. 
yeah, it just took him a while to figure out how to use him. And that could be kind of what's going on this year. I think Graham was already talked about as a positive regression candidate based on his targets and, and usage in the red zone and stuff in, term, in terms of touchdowns. And so, yeah, I think Graham to me is just like a, a good smart play at the tight end position if you're looking to stream. My stream for this week, Broncos defense. Um, this is really simple. Vic Fangio is the Broncos head coach. He was the Bears defensive coordinator last year. They're going against Mitchell Trubisky. It's a meeting with minds. If anyone understands what Trubisky can and cannot do as a defensive coordinator, mm. it's Vic Fangio. That's Mitchell Trubisky yeah. is Blake Bortles, okay? I'm, like, I hate to do this to the guy. Bless his heart, Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky. But he is the new Blake Bortles. He's keeping an elite defense from a Super Bowl run. And I'm putting myself at risk here because we're recording this before Monday Night Football. Uh, <laughs> but full disclosure, but... So if the Broncos defense blows right. it, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, what if like, they just sucked? Right? Well, you know, then, uh, you know, burn me. I don't know. But I think your, Miller, point, though, your point about Trubisky is very if whatever, if you salient, thought though. He like, looked, I like that. If you thought he even looked a little overwhelmed on Thursday, imagine him when Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are like, oh, we'll get four sacks today, and then that'll <laughs> give us, like, millions of dollars in our next negotiation. So go Bears, uh, Broncos defense. Yeah. Craig, what are you streaming? Josh Allen, the one and only, he's playing the New York Giants. <laughs> you he just suck. got shredded by Screw you. Dak Prescott. Sorry, Danny Heifetz. Um, here's the thing about Josh Allen. They're in a bad offense. They're in a bottom 10 offense, probably. And Fantasy Pros is Mike Tagliere. I just heard him say this uh, on his most recent podcast. 90% of QB1s are from teams that are a top 18 team in scoring. And in the past seven years, there's been one QB that's finished as a QB1 in a bottom 10 scoring option. <laughs> I'm saying that that could be Josh Allen because of his <laughs> rushing floor. And I, once again, he had a rushing touchdown last week. The yep. guy was the QB2 for like the last five games of the last season. And he's the one guy who is kind of the aberration in this pattern. So I think you could continue to ride Josh Allen and stream I, him. I, would, I like streaming him. I, 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 he's too physically like he takes too many hits he's not smart yet with like like russell wilson doesn't take hits when he scrambles josh allen like is just like yeah sure i'll just go <laughs> head first into all these like you know to get four yards and third and ten sure I'm i like, won't lie I, I love the josh allen experience i don't even care ride. if he's good honestly so the, it's the, just fun to watch he's the best player in the nfl for red zone <laughs> because it's like when siciliano chris hansen's just like you'll never believe what josh allen just did i'm like no i have no idea what's he's about to happen like, what is john brown i love it it's just it's like a touchdown every time oh, you don't know for who it's great all right dk how close do you live to the coast minutes wow perfect because we're about to go fishing dk <laughs> These are some guys we're going to drop some lines on, you know, maybe some some buy lows we want to trade target or maybe got some guys on a team we want to sell high. But, you know, drop a little line and see if anyone bites. So any trade targets you're thinking about, DK, or people you're trying to trade away? Well, I mean, at the risk of sounding too obvious, if you have someone who's not really pay <clears throat> been paying attention to the news, I think Philip Dorsett is a good sell high right now. Coming off of a four-catch, 95-yard, two-touchdown performance, he's about to get replaced in that lineup i assume by antonio brown I'm, I'm guessing they'll probably go with brown i feel like Gordon, they'll have a they'll have a Edelman. competition and then they'll you know they'll announce the winner of whoever <laughs> well you just never other. know with the goddamn patriots but um but yeah i think you know if if without trying to be too obvious um that's that's the big one but then i think you know to to get a little bit more into it i like still personally think it's a good time to buy low on Guys like David Montgomery, the Bears, who's still playing in um, a timeshare in Chicago. We saw, you know, Mike Davis kind of get more more play and everything like that. I think by the time, like by midseason, I think he could be like a really valuable fantasy chip. And then same deal with Sony Michelle. 
Michelle was not effective in in week one. He had, I believe he had like 13 carries for something like 15 yards. So um, obviously not a great start. And then Burkhead got a lot of play in the second half. <clears throat> I think down the stretch, like if we saw, like, remember we saw this last year, Michelle had an incredible amount of opportunities to, you know, rush as, as the weather got colder and all that. And then the team started leaning really, really hard on their run game late in the season. Um, so I kind of still, uh, I'm still sort of in Michelle's, camp and i think those two guys right now after a real bad week one um people might be ready to give up on them i don't want to be too simplistic when it comes to the pats but the steelers weakness is in the secondary not the front seven and then they just aerated them and just destroyed them even when they were up big and when teams have a stronger secondary and a weaker front seven i think sonny michelle is going to be a great play and i agree with you on david montgomery because he looked great and did not have the numbers did not reflect how he looked like he was NFL ready. Now. I feel the same way about Miles Sanders, to be honest. I think Miles Sanders looked really good. I almost threw him in there I, too, Craig. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, Montgomery and Sanders could emerge to just, you know, out of committees to just be like, nope, this is a chief, chief executive. Look, Bilo, Bilo is always a little bit risky because you don't know the future. And well, right now, some, these guys I mean, don't look I know great. The these guys don't look great. Um, but to me, they're just so much better like it's just so clear <laughs> that eventually they're going to like earn more time. But that's that's kind of a fantasy football fallacy at times. So I know the I know the future, and it's Craig and I are about to make fun of Derrick Henry. Yeah, so we're 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 uh, <laughs> we're selling high on old D Henry. <laughs> selling uh, high on Derrick Henry. The Browns' rushing D is not good in that game. I'm not sure what happened in it, but the Titans had like a ridiculously unusual positive game script for how bad we assumed they'd be. <laughs> yeah, and what the hell did happen? There's like three turnovers. Yeah, yeah so you know, Derrick Henry had 150 yards and two touchdowns, and. One of them was a, a BS screen pass that he somehow took 75 yards, which is <laughs> never going to happen again. If you can trade Derrick Henry right now for like an Aaron Jones or like a David Montgomery, like we just mentioned, I would do it. I don't remember who said this, so I apologize to who of uh, the Ringer Week 1 viewing party uh, said this. I apologize. But they were just saw the Derrick Henry highlight of the screen, which was in full speed and Derrick Henry sprinting. And they were like, it looks like he's going in slow motion. And I just... Yeah, get rid, of, get rid of Derrick Henry. <laughs> you guys, I love I love that you're doubling down on this Henry thing. I think at I, this point, I, it's I, I admittedly down. had some doubts about my fading Henry all offseason in this one. But, I'm quintupling uh, down. All right, DK, we're, we're going at hot take of the week. I already uh, did mine. I did mine. Oh, yeah, you got my, yours in. Marquise Brown is my hot take. I love that guy. I'm going to be in Marquise Brown's corner, and so, that's my hot take of the week. DK so, says Marquise Brown is a Hall of Famer. That is his <laughs> well, actually, the Derrick Henry thing actually leads me right into my hot take of the week. You know, remember when Domino's did all those ads for like, you know, our pizza's terrible, but we take this really seriously and we're going to make sure it's better. That's the Cleveland Browns. They went 0-16. They were awful. And then they were like, they go on hard knocks like, hey, we're going to take this really seriously. You're going to have to earn your stripe, even though they are in Ohio and the Bengals are literally a tiger themed team. Uh, and they, you know, they they bring in everyone. They get Baker Mayfield. They get Odell, new celebrities to endorse them, just like Domino's. You know, they brought in Eva Longoria, Richard Sherman, celebrities endorse. Browns get celebrity endorsements, and then you have one, <laughs> you buy it, right? You buy this rebrand, and then you have one slice, and you're like, ah, oh, still Domino's. <laughs> but the then you get to the Browns. Really good- but here's the thing: the Browns are the Browns with better branding. That's my hot take of the week. But then you get to that really good garlicky crust, and you're like, this part's pretty good. That's Odell. No, but no, the problem is you you bought it, you're too <laughs> deeply invested, so you keep eating it, even though you know it's going to make you sick. Okay. There. 
All right. Are I, you no, buying I, that? Are you buying that, Craig? Do you think the Browns are actually bad? <laughs> no, I don't even think Danny Hyvitz believes that. But I just, I he just, just wanted to do that metaphor. I guess <laughs> he yeah. loved the metaphor. Week one's for overreacting. <laughs> um, Craig, take us out. My hot take doesn't have any food references, but why uh, is it even worth talking? It's about? It's just that I think Deshaun Jackson's going to finish as the top fantasy wide receiver in Philadelphia. Oh, I love this. Spicy, love not Zach Ertz, not Alshon Jeffrey. It's my man Deshaun. Carson Wentz, when's the last he'll time? ghost you in the playoffs, just like he'll ghost the Eagles in the playoffs. So When's the last know. time Jameis could hit Deshaun with a deep ball? Never. Carson Wentz knows how to use him. Even if he's got a broken finger, it doesn't matter. He's going to ghost you in the fantasy playoffs. Well, actually, I shouldn't say. You I am, just, we have the same team. We have the so same team. I invite us. him. To my team, they're not gonna. Yeah, no, this is this anyway, is a I, good this is a good point though, Craig. Because I actually saw I forget. Apologies, I can't remember who put this on Twitter, but I saw it and I was like, man, that's a really good point. That was me. Um, uh, but it was like the week one was all about like hot, nasty, badass speed. I mean, yeah. if you look at it, like <laughs> Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, John Ross, Marquise Brown, um, a lot of guys were just really, really. I mean, they they yeah. they stretched the field. They're huge impact, and it was just like speed kills. That's a really good point because that is the common thread between all the rookie receivers who did something. Was Brown's one of the fastest dudes? McLaurin was basically drafted because he was really fast. Yeah, they're all burners. Um, they're all burners who succeeded. And I mean, DK, you've meant you've written a lot about this a lot. Like a lot of football right now is like the fake is back. It's not just matchup based, but it's actual deception. Deception and yeah. certain traits, skills that are hard to learn for young players are of how to shake someone are a lot easier when nope they just don't know where the ball is and just run it was Joe it was Joe Goodberry Goodberry of the Athletic um, who said that I believe and uh, yeah I just thought that was a really good point it was really interesting like just around the league we saw speed kills and so that's something to keep in mind um, as we go along this year it might not kind of hold up all year long but um, I thought that was a very big big point from the first week speed kills but the season is a slow burn week one is down thank you dk thank you craig everyone good luck in week two hotel tonight shows you incredible deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at score an extra amazing deal with hotel tonight's daily drop feature Unlock a special deal at a hotel selected just for you and snag it within 15 minutes. If you want to swipe again, you can unlock a new deal every day. So go to hoteltonight.com or download the app to unlock your daily drop.